0: at butcherbox.com/morningcup and use code morningcup to choose your free for a year offer plus get $20 off your first order. Hey guys, I have a podcast that I think you'll really enjoy. Proof, the investigative true crime podcast co-hosted by Susan Simpson of Undisclosed and Jacinda Davis of Evil Lives here, is releasing its highly anticipated second season where they investigate the murder of 18-year-old Renee Ramos. won't want to miss this riveting new season. Follow the case as Susan and Jacinda uncover long overlooked evidence about what really happened to Renee by listening to Proof: Murder at the Warehouse wherever you get your podcasts. There were two more murders, fifteen miles away. They found the a telephone line. weird, described by one investigator as reminiscent of a weird religion. Morning, Morning. of Murder. Your parents are never going to agree with every choice you make. And when you're young and living under their roof, they have a little more say in how to handle those choices. You may get angry, you may even leave home, but many wouldn't dream of murder as an option. On August 2nd, 2004, two young lovers killed elderly guardians because they wanted to keep the girls apart. So if you like your coffee hot but your bones chilled, sit back and start your day with a morning cup of murder. Holly Harvey was always troubled. Her mother, who was serving a prison sentence, left her in the care of Holly's elderly grandparents, 74-year-old Carl and 73-year-old Sarah Collier in Fayetteville, Georgia, in hopes that they would care for her until her release. But Holly was 15 and, like most 15-year-olds, was struggling to find her own place and make her own rules. Her grandparents were more by the book and had rules laid out for the teen rules she had no intention of following. And the big bone of contention? Holly's 16-year-old girlfriend, Sandy Ketchum. And when they forbid the girls from seeing each other, Holly had had enough. She began acting out in a way that scared the couple, so much so that they approached their son, her uncle, and told him that they feared she wanted them dead. They had no idea just how right they were. On August 2nd, 2004, the girls spent the morning secretly stowed away in Holly's basement bedroom. They were forbidden from seeing each other, and they were angrily musing about how to handle Holly's grandparents. As the plan evolved and became more gruesome, Holly wrote a macabre to-do list on her arm with pen. It read, Kill, Keys, Money, and Jewelry. Holly grabbed the biggest knife from the kitchen, and the girls took turns stabbing her mattress to make sure it would do the job. They then began smoking marijuana, hoping the smell would lure her angry grandparents down to her room. They were correct, and as Carl and Sarah reached the room, Holly lunged for her grandmother. Eyes closed, she began swinging and stabbing her in the back before her grandfather pinned her down. The Colliers tried to calm their granddaughter down, saying she was on drugs and didn't know what she was doing. Holly yelled for Sandy, asking why she wasn't helping, and Sandy came out of her place of hiding and assisted her girlfriend. Holly then stabbed Carl in the chest, and as he ran upstairs to call for help, chased after him and pulled the phone from the wall. According to Holly, her grandfather then grabbed a kitchen knife and attempted to defend himself. Fearing she was going to be stabbed, she delivered the final blows. When the attack was finally done, both girls were soaked in blood all the way down to their underwear. Holly and Sandy then scoured the house for any money and valuables and placed it all into a bag, grabbed Carl's car keys, and left the scene in his pickup truck. Still covered in blood, the girls went to a friend's home, told her that the blood came from a mugging, and washed up before telling their friend what really happened. Upon hearing the truth, the girl ordered the couple to leave her home and informed her parents of the alleged murder. The girl then called the police and gave them all of the information they knew. When Georgia police arrived at the Collier home, they found a crime scene so vicious that a sheriff on the force for 28 years said he had never seen a crime of this magnitude amongst the family in his entire career. An arrest warrant was secured for both girls, and an active warrant for the stolen truck began. While the bodies of Carl and Sarah were being taken from the scene, Holly and Sandy were on their way to Tybee Island in Savannah, Georgia. While there, they met brothers Clayton, 22, and Brett, 14, who were new to the area. Going by false names, the girls pleaded with the boys for a place to stay. Their mother agreed, and the next morning was shocked to wake up to the sounds of about a dozen police officers knocking on her front door. She had no idea that the young girls that she had taken pity on were cold-blooded killers who had been traced through their cell phones. She and her sons stood in shock as Holly and Sandy were arrested and placed into patrol cars. On April 14, 2005, both girls pleaded guilty to the murder of Carl and Sarah Collier. As part of a plea deal, Holly gave a detailed account of what happened that day that lasted over an hour. When the judge asked why she did it, she said, For Sandy, so that we could be together. Sandy, too, gave her account of the events leading up to the murder and explained that the plan had been set in motion for months before it finally occurred, that she even called friends trying to obtain a gun for Holly. Holly Harvey, at just 15 years old, was sentenced to two life sentences, while Sandy Ketchum was given three. Holly will be eligible for parole after 20 years, and Sandy after 10. When the judge asked Holly if she thought her sentence was a good deal after killing her grandparents, she replied, no, I think I should be dead. Thank you for joining me in my morning cup of murder. Please join me again tomorrow to hear what terrible thing happened on August 3rd. Don't forget to rate and subscribe and let me know how you like it. If you want to help support the podcast, there is always Patreon or just sharing it with your true crime-obsessed friends. And remember, stay safe.